boy's best friend is his mother. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. Welcome to another installment of 100 Years of Horror. And in this installment, we are going to discuss the second half of the 80s, beginning in 1980. Sorry beginning in 1985, and actually we have quite a few on this one that we had never seen, so we'll probably mm-hmm. have a little bit more discussion than we usually do, which is good, because in the last few we've been like, and we did a thing on that, so right. get into the thing. So we actually have some that we have never seen that were new to us, and a few familiars, so mm-hmm. let's just get into it. Starting out with 1985, we have an American film and an H.P. Lovecraft film called Reanimator. Now, Reanimator is basically a quote-unquote modern take on Frankenstein, but it's H.P. Lovecraft, so it's crazy. So (laughs) this guy is a medical student, and he ends up rooming with a guy and his girlfriend, and he makes their basement into his lab where he has figured out a serum to bring things back from the dead. So, like, he kills their cat at one point, which that's real fucked up. He kills their cat at one point and then brings it back over and over and over again. He ends up killing one of their professors and brings him back, and he is a head. Just a head. And there is a scene, which I'm sure lots of people have talked about. I know I heard about it in 100 Scariest Movie Moments, and it's there is a scene... Uh, because we have to have sex in this, right? Because that's a horror movie. Yeah, we, we have to. They have this head giving this poor girl who is strapped down head. Like that's I, terrible. I you were gonna say it like that. I was like, head. <laughs> yes, give <me> head. <laughs> that's so terrible. That poor fucking girl. And she's got like she was able to get one hand released because they've got her strapped down, and she's like trying to push away. Oh, that's just that's terrible, terrible time. It was real bad. I mean, but the film was, I enjoyed it. I mean, like, oh, the film was cool. It's good 80s gore and it's good just, I mean, if you enjoy, you know, the, the 80s, the 80s vibe of film and Mm -hmm. you enjoy also the, the mad scientist vibe that we get, we had that, we've had that all along the way in the 100 years of horror meme, of course. But then you also get these nasty, like these, when these people come back, they just start like kind of the foaming at the mouth, except it's way grosser because it's just like blood. He's in a, he's in a medical school hospital. So he's, he's getting bodies from the morgue. These are not bodies that just, I mean, I'm sure some just had heart attacks, but we're talking gunshots run over by a car. These are the people he's bringing back. Yes. Yeah, it's, I mean, they got to use what they have. They're medical students, so what do they have for? They're not just, like, getting the freshest. Now, they did have some fresh bodies because of certain situations and, you know, people that were killed right then. But, yeah, I mean, and it's also really sad because his, I mean, the one of our main characters' girlfriend's dad dies, and they decide to bring him back, and it's like, oh, that's fucking sad, too. Yeah, and he's crazy. He's like putting a padded cell 
Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. Poor girl. She gets to see her dad that way. I know. This is kind of would be a fun. There were actually a couple on here that I was like, oh, this would be kind of fun to do like as its own episode. But this was not the mm-hmm. only one where I was like, oh, I mean, I could probably talk about this one for a while because it was it was fun, you know? Yeah, this one is, it would be a lot, it would be better for us to talk about like scene by scene. Unfortunately, we don't have enough time there because there's so much in it. Right. But it was really good. They used a lot of horror pieces too. Like they used the psycho music throughout almost the whole thing. I yep. don't know if you got that. Yeah. It Well, you could, you could definitely tell it felt like mm-hmm. that. So yeah. you could, and you could feel it. And it also was they the mechanical thing like when they cut off someone's head and his body just carried it around and yeah. like it was just like it was very frankenstein-esque and the monster you know just being like raging around obviously you're like that's frankenstein but it still had it wasn't like the same movie you've seen over and over yeah it's definitely new and fresh yeah and this was i end up I ended up reading the plot and the synopsis on HP Lovecraft story and this actually follows it basically to the T obviously it modernizes it where you know where students in this modern hospital and cars and things are involved in the world now but other than that it basically followed the same storyline of this medical student who is bringing these people back from the dead yeah and also the one that they bring in that actually starts these experiments he's given the very like tropey like very creepy and suspicious and all of a sudden Mm -hmm. he's got a dead cat so you know he's gonna be like the creepy one from the Mm get-go and his name is like Herbert West I think Mm -hmm. but they also get him with like the attractive successful med student and they collaborate I don't know it's just very it's it's got a lot of good elements I just really enjoyed it I honestly was I don't know I I had not issue like difficulty with this but I enjoyed these a lot more than I thought I would because sometimes you get into the 80s and you're like you just Mm -hmm. campy gore and yeah yeah, this definitely had some of the factors going on where it's like okay but it wasn't I I didn't really think it was lame and, you know, no, I, I really liked it. I thought it was good. I agree with you. It had it just the perfect amount of 80s touch. Yeah. And um, just to, because we've been talking about this a little bit more, it's got a 93% critic consensus and an 82% audience score. So, hmm. yeah. The 93, I think, is what gets it into the best yeah. category. Especially when I really loved it. Yeah, there were some that it's like, oh, there had to be some stuff going on in the 80s. Well, you are correct. And we'll talk about this a little bit more, especially 89 is one I'm going to talk about a little yeah. bit more. It, there were some, some, some things. There were some things going on that we do love as horror fans. The critics don't love them. <laughs> because Not they're so iconic. much. So just, just remember that. So, yeah, this one was probably a solid, like, Honestly, like, I don't know. It's hard for me to go between like a three and a half or four. Like it it was up there though. It was pretty good. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Probably about a three. Yeah. So the next film on this list for 1986 is Aliens. This is one that we're not going to linger too much on because we've talked about Alien and Aliens. This is kind of the year of the sequel for us. But Aliens is the follow-up to Alien, and it does bring back Sigourney Weaver. You have them going after 
alien from mm -hmm. alien and they go back and you have the little girl in this one so you get your iconic you know bitch scene and <laughs> she's just a badass but she's you know very traumatized from the first one and it's a follow-up from the second one it's been quite a few years because space you know um, preservation but she goes back and she has this team behind her and of course there's a face-off with these several aliens it's not just one this time they basically find this whole colony it's basically they have to in the end she has to destroy this mother alien it's kind of like a beehive so of course you have that added conflict in but you can go and listen to our mm -hmm. alien aliens that would surprise me i think that Kristen and well me i know that Kristen had seen these i was a kind of a holdout because I like sci-fi most of the time when I watch it, but it's kind of like Marvel movies or superhero movies. I never feel like watching them, but I typically enjoy them when I watch them. I was a holdout. So I hadn't really watched Alien or Aliens, but you can go check out those episodes. Aliens is more recent, so you don't have to dig as far back. Alien was last, I want to say October. Yeah. So it's not too far back, even a little less than a year back, but you can go check that out. But yes, we just have a face off with several aliens and a whole hive of them. Exactly. And it was pretty good. And we have Lindsay Henriksen and Bill Paxton, and we have a bunch of other famous faces, especially in horror that we bring in. And what's really cool too is, so Rennie Weaver is just a badass woman. Yeah. And yeah, she that's is. fun. You know, like it's hard to... I'd like to beat Sigourney Weaver's character in this because right. it's just such a cool, strong female character, which is just cool to see, you know, especially like in a sci-fi setting. Like I, I will say then a lot of sci-fi, sometimes you see that a little bit more than in like horror when, mm -hmm. you know, we're always running for our lives and with titties out. So, you know, <laughs> I will right. sci-fi that. Thank you. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to 1987, we have another American film. So our first three are American, and then we get to go to different countries after this. Thank God. Mm -hmm. And this is a movie, actually, we did literally last week. So if you want to go listen to our full episode, this one is Evil Dead 2. Yep. Evil Dead 2 is basically Evil Dead 1, just campier and funnier. You can definitely yeah. tell that they had so much more fun with this. So basically, this couple goes out to a cabin in the woods, and it's evil dead. They The house is possessed, the land is possessed, the forest is possessed, and they deal with all of that. They start a recording, and the possession starts. His girlfriend gets taken out pretty fast, and then we're left with Bruce Campbell. Bruce Campbell is going crazy in this house. Things are laughing at him. His hand gets possessed. All kinds of crazy shit's happening. And then we find out that the people that left the creepy recording there, his kids come to drop off more transcript stuff and they're brought in on it and we end up with this more craziness there's a portal that opens up and ash bruce campbell gets sent to the medieval world and that's the end of evil dead this is a wild ride dude and like yeah you can go listen to it. it's very very recent you can just scroll a little bit on apple Podcasts. <laughs> Spotify or whatever you listen to us on and you will run right into Evil Dead 2. That's why we title our episodes just very blatantly. There's not like mm -hmm. episode 100, whatever. It's just Evil Dead 2. <laughs> so you'll find it very quickly. But it is wild. Like Kristen and I don't have the nostalgia behind the Evil Dead franchise to start mm -hmm. out. So 
keep that in mind when you're listening to our reviews of Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. And we do talk about that. But these are very beloved, like 97% from the critics and 89% from the audience. And definitely you get that a lot from Sam Raimi and the the production because you can tell that they were, even though they are campier, they are definitely loved. Like Mm -hmm. these were not throwaway films, whether they feel like some of the scenes were like, oh, that was like kind of lame. There were probably better special effects. There were, but that wasn't the point of this right like they weren't computer generated you know what I mean like some things obviously were but a lot of it was like hands-on so exactly and the fact that Bruce Campbell is having so much fun in this one really brings you into the film and then if you know about how this franchise carries on you know that it just gets wackier so (laughs) you know and that's what intrigues me about this franchise in general is where it went to and how it was allowed to go there. I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. Just it's just so funny that it yeah. was. Yeah, Evil Dead is definitely unique. It, it's Evil Dead. I don't really know how to explain those movies. And I mentioned this in the actual episode, but Bruce Bruce Campbell's Twitter is so fucking hilarious. So and his Twitter handle's funny. So just you know, just throwing that out there. He's still a funny guy. So and also he's still like pretty attractive for an older dude he, he never lost that so <laughs> I'm surprised right. he didn't go and like wasn't like some sort of 80s icon but like, he kind of just went under the radar after this so yeah I think it's all the crazy acting kind of just shoehorned him unfortunately yeah but now people still love him so mm-hmm. good for him. Exactly. the next film 1988 is a foreign film so are the last two actually so mm-hmm. that's cool because a lot of the last few decades are dominated by American films because we just really ran with everything that we were taught mm-hmm. from, you know, the first several decades in film. So, but this one is called The Vanishing or Spurlus, I think is how you say that. It literally, I just said it, how it looks like it's <laughs> It's actually got several different languages. I think the main language is French, but it is not a French film. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netherlands. Netherlands. Sorry, Netherlands. Film, which film, is really right. cool. We haven't heard about that yet. Yes. And man, the landscape, first of all, is so pretty. Mm-hmm. Uh, somewhere I've always wanted to go. And anyways, this film was so captivating and so different. Mm-hmm. I, well, yeah. the last two are very different, but they're also very different from each other. This is not your typical horror film, especially for the 80s, which I think over in the United States, we were very focused on the slasher. This was the era of the slasher, yeah. of blood, of, you know, how appalling can we make this? How cat and mouse can we make this? This was not this kind of film. So The Vanishing is about a young couple and they're on a trip. So kind of picture you going on a road trip with your significant other and they stop at a gas station and immediately when I saw kind of what was going on here I was like oh fuck like you know if you kind of know about let's say Ted Bundy for example mm-hmm. you can kind of see what's happening here which is really sad but before this she even talks about this nightmare she has just to preface mm-hmm. this about this horrifying like loneliness is the worst part of this nightmare that she has because she's stuck in this like egg floating through space which Mm -hmm. is really sad when you find out what happens to her later but there's this man at this gas station 
and he puts on this fake cast and sling on his arm and so you immediately know he's trying to take a woman or someone because if you know anything about Ted Bundy you know that that's what he did to lure his victims was make himself appear weaker so that he didn't seem like a threat Mm -hmm. so this man does end up taking this other man's he says wife when he's looking for her but I think it was just his girlfriend yeah I'm pretty sure it's just his girlfriend but you can tell that he loved her like the most he ends up in a relationship later and he keeps thinking about the old relationship and I don't blame him at all because the worst I have not known someone personally but there was a case near where I lived before I moved to Colorado and it has now been found that she was dead which is not surprising unfortunately for the time that she was missing it's In my opinion, I've never been through this scenario before, but I think it's got to be so much worse for your loved one just to be missing than to know for 100% certainty that they are gone, like dead. Yeah. Well, especially this poor man. I know you're continuing on, but he's at this gas station waiting for her outside. You know, she'll be in the bathroom, what, maybe 15 minutes, and then you're on your way, and she never comes back. Yeah, she went to get, like, she went to the bathroom, came back, and then she went to go get a Coke and a beer. Like, and you're both in a foreign country. It's not like you're at home. Yeah. There, what do you do? Yeah. It's it's really it's really sad. And she was just taken. And you you don't know why. So another thing that's really interesting about this film is it doesn't show you what happened to her. It actually waits until the very end of the film for you to yeah. know anything. You know who took her. And then it shows you about his life and about her boyfriend's life three years later. Yeah. After she was taken. The aftermath of her being missing from her assailant's perspective and from her boyfriend's perspective. And you still don't know, is she being held captive this whole time? Because you always have the, she could just be, unfortunately, a sex slave for three years. That happens quite often she could have been trafficked she could have there are so many things here she could very well be alive unfortunately that's not usually the case when people are taken they're usually used abused and killed Mm -hmm. but she could be you know and then he has and when you realize that it's been three years you're like holy shit because you see him putting up posters for her yeah he's still at it he's still looking for her he has found a girlfriend and she basically makes a like right in the scene where you see her him putting up posters. He's still very much obsessing over finding her. She basically makes a comment about how she's tired of being part of a threesome. And I do understand that to an extent. And I'm I bring this up a lot. I'm not trying to like relate this back to me. Not everything comes back to me, but I do need like wanted to say like that's I understand where she's coming from. But it's also kind of your partner's responsibility to realize when you're not ready for a relationship too. And eventually she does. Mm-hmm. You break it off. And it's also not your job to gatekeep like someone else's pain too. And my mom, when my dad died, she she started dating. And one of the things that made me most angry and some of the most hurtful comments that men made to her one that really stuck with me is she would be, of course be so upset that my father died mm-hmm. <laughs> God forbid and she would cry about it and some 
fucking man said to her that she was dating, he got so angry and he stormed out and he literally like yelled at her. I will just never be able to compare to the great Mark Lee. Like that's so shitty, man. Like fucking died. Yeah. And this woman is fucking missing. Like I know it's only quote unquote been three years, but he never got closure from that, you know? And if Mm -hmm. you're not, and she is helping him, but if you're not ready to take on the fact that he has not moved on and be there for him emotionally for that, you shouldn't be there. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, no, I totally agreed. I don't like her. Like, if you're going to be in his life, then you should just be his friend. Agreed. You know he's not ready. Absolutely. And if he's still yearning for her and having night terrors about her, yelling her name in his sleep, and you get offended by that, you, like you said, you should not be mm-hmm. involved with him if you cannot handle that because he cannot help that and he should not have to apologize for that. Yeah. Which, in all fairness, she does back out eventually. Exactly. But that uh, you shouldn't get yeah. mad about it. Like, in the first <laughs> place, like, you knew who he was before and what yeah. happened. It's not like he was keeping this a secret, you know? He's, you've yeah. been helping him put up posters. So. But it is, oh, go ahead. No, but here's my problem. So literally after she backs out, we go outside and he sees the killer. And the killer literally tells him, yeah, I did it. And you're going to come in my car with me and we're going to go to France and I'm going to tell you why. No, don't get in the fucking car with him. First of all, he beats the shit out of him, which is great. Yeah. Grab the license plate number. Tell the fucking cops. They will find her, dude. They will open an investigation. You have information on him. Yeah. Fucking do that. He, well, the killer, so basically, like, after all these years, there's a, because this is actually, like, it feels, this movie feels much longer than it actually is, because there's so much in between, not fluff, I'm not going to say fluff, because it's not useless, but there is a lot, like, he thinks it's this guy, and he's going to all these places, and he's, like, trying to put all these pieces together, and he's literally trying to detective work himself, and this guy has been following him because he's gone to the TV stations and he's made himself very public. You know, he's kind of a public figure at this point. Mm -hmm. And this man comes to him and says, I did it. And he shows him the car keys that she had that day to prove it. Like, yeah, I took her. Mm -hmm. And like you said, he says, you can get in the car with me and we'll go to France and I will show you exactly what I did with her. And, you know, but you have to get in the car with me. So he fucking does, like you said. And this guy takes him through his whole life story and basically says he knew when he was younger he was different and calls himself a sociopath. And yeah. he, you see, you have to, he says that in order to know what happened to her, you have to go through what she went through. So you know the end of this is going to be his death. And he knows it too. Yes, exactly. He's He's not surprised. Yeah, he is prepared to die with her. That's how, like, done he is. Like, he doesn't want to live anymore if he can't live with her. And especially knowing, like, this is basically his answer. Like, as soon as he saw this man and saw those keys, and I feel like in his soul he knew that she was dead. He just wanted to know. Yeah. And... Unfortunately, I don't think that even, this is just my assumption, even if he knew, like, or even if the cops had found her, like, he wouldn't want to live anyways, you know, Mm -hmm. but he gets in the car and they, yeah, he gets in the car and they 
drive and then this is a different country they're driving through. so this is a long fucking drive they drive and they're talking and he talks you know the killer talks about the and i say killer because we know she's dead like this is not shocking yeah. <laughs> you know you know this is where this is going you kind of are hoping that he takes this guy to this fucking like dungeon where you're gonna find the body but you know that's not the case. He fucking killed. He had tried up to this point to capture several women and chloroform them, but he yeah. hadn't quite gotten his method down. And then when he realized he needed to make himself look weaker is when he knew this was going to work. And that basically, he just takes him through his whole like fucked up process of how he was going to lure in a woman and how fate just perfectly aligned that day to get Saskia. Yeah, yeah he was ready to give up and he just happened across her got her to come to his car to give her a keychain yep and that is why the world is terrifying as a woman yep and especially in like the 70s and 80s when serial killers were just kind of starting to come out into the the public eye and i don't know what it was like in europe i have no idea i only know mm-hmm. on the united states but this was a page right out of ted bundy's book with like oh, yeah. the cast and he's like i needed to make myself look weaker because he even has a bug yeah, a lot of these women wouldn't come with him. They mm-hmm. were sketched out by him. So, yeah. and they made him even seem like a humorous character. There was a scene I made a note of where he was practicing like his chloroforming, and it was like they had this like bump in music, and it was supposed to be funny, and it was like, yeah, he even starts. They almost mm-hmm. bond on this road trip together. Yeah. You start to feel that a little bit. They start talking about you know their childhoods and stuff like that, and it gets real awkward because you're like oh stop it dude yeah so as they're driving like you said they're talking about their childhoods and he's like he's you know talking about how he had to get a family and create like many sociopaths and psychopaths do this facade for himself so he has a bunch of kids and gets married and he's a teacher and he Mm -hmm. fakes it Mm -hmm. and so he's a chemistry teacher too so that's very chloroform right there exactly so he knows how to to fake it well and he had this urge to push further and to kidnap a woman and you're like okay but what did you want to do with her and that's when he basically pulls into that old gas station that he took her from in the middle of the night and he says i drugged her so now i have to drug you for you to see what she went through and he gives him coffee with sleeping pills in it and at first he doesn't want to take it and the assailant the killer basically says i'm banking on your curiosity for you to not turn me in or anything and he's right he goes and walks around to the same place that they were sitting in the grass together before she went in and he never saw her again and found coins that they buried together and at that point he's like fuck it i'm gonna drink it i miss her i want to know what happened to her he drinks it he fucking wakes up in a box buried alive underground yep and again in the beginning she said her worst nightmare was crippling loneliness floating through space like yeah and that's exactly what happened to her basically and he's even left she bought him a little lighter and he's left with that little big lighter at the end in the coffin yeah and i know that was kind of a long but like this one was probably my favorite on the list mm-hmm 
because it was so different because it was just like it was literally like a real life horror this was not gory. there was no there was no blood there was no kill I mean yes she died but he just buried her you expected her to be uh, this is kind of crude but horribly like raped maimed, you know mutilated she he just buried her alive just awful but you know what I mean like you you're like that was it that's all you wanted to do is bury someone alive he just wanted to know if he could do that's he even says up in the car if he could do something terrible yeah he did and it's a you know i'd say it's a psychological thriller but it is based on something called the golden egg i think it's a it's a Hmm. book or a short film but the consensus is a 98 percent critic and an 88 percent audience and if you haven't seen this it is subtitled highly highly recommend this one gets a five for me i love absolutely agreed it was amazing that's why i spent so much time going through it because like would definitely like like if i had known about this one would have put it on the list like super Mm -hmm. good (laughs) yeah so so good and we're probably going to spend quite a bit on the next one too because (laughs) wow so (laughs) moving on to 1989 which by the way is my year your year this is your movie this is my movie we have a mexican italian film which the it was produced by Claudio Argento, Dario Argento's brother, and this film is called Santa Sangre. The first thing I noted before I even played the movie was it is listed as an NC-17 rate. So what the fuck are we going to say? They also described it as avant-garde, and that is so accurate because this yeah. is a weird fucking movie. Like, it's very off the walls, out of the lines, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're probably going to get very off track trying to explain this movie because it's crazy. Dude, (laughs) like, good luck. Yeah. So we start off with a guy who doesn't speak and he's in a institution. He is up in a tree. So you, I'm assuming he thinks he's a bird. He doesn't talk. They are trying to feed him like a human being, but he won't do it. So they give him a fish and he just like rips into it like Gollum. And then we move on, and then we move on to him as a kid, and he actually grew up in Mexico in the circus, which that's really fucking cool. Yeah, it was beautifully done because you're seeing all these costumes and stuff. So he's growing up in the circus, and he is actually being trained to be like the the head circus guy all the time. He's trying to really get in with people's heads, and even down to they have an elephant, and he's just like. He is in with this elephant. He loves it. And it's dying. And he's like praying, please don't die. Please don't die. And that comes up various times throughout the film that he really feels attached to the circus and these people. Yeah. It ends up that his mother is an acrobat and his father is, I don't know. He's a knife thrower. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) Is a knife thrower. But he is very sexual. And And he cheats. He, I'm sorry, what? He's a hypnotist too. Ah, yes. Yeah. And he cheats on this little boy's mom a lot. Like you can tell some shit is going down. Yeah. But before we even get there, we see his mom as a side character for a little bit. And we get to see why it's called Santa Sangre. And his mom is a very religious woman. And she started a church. It's supposedly Catholic, but it's more of a cult church around... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, around this woman who was brutally raped and murdered, and they cut her arms off, and they ended up finding her in this area 
and it was just blood everywhere. So they made a pool and built a church around where her blood was. So Santa Sangre. That's the name of the movie is this church and it's gone almost immediately. They end yeah. up tearing down the church because it's not real. It's just a cult. They want to get the fuck rid of it. And when you see the outside of it, you can tell it was a very handmade church. It's not like brick and mortar. Yeah. So they tear the church down. The elephant dies. A bunch of circus stuff happens. All that. But we get to the point where the dad is having an affair with the the tattooed woman. And she's beautiful. And the tattooed woman has a little girl that she has adopted. She is an orphan. And brought into the circus. And this little girl is supposed to be a tightrope tight walker. not a good mother to this little girl. It's not At like all. an act of like, oh my god, I'm going to be a great mom. No, no. At all. It's a way to get money. Yes. Because she ends up, like, she's a tightrope walker. She lights it on fire and the little girl is terrified to go across. And she makes her and screams at her in front of everybody to do it. This little girl is deaf mute, so she doesn't actually talk the whole time. Which is really cool because she and this little boy kind of, you know, get together. They, like, join forces because he can understand her and she can understand him without them having to really talk. I think they definitely forged, like, a love as children. Like Yeah. Exactly. The very sexualized father ends up trying to cheat with the tattooed woman who's, you know, beautiful. And I fucking love this little kid's mom. She's amazing. She goes in and knows that he's doing this and just freaking, you know, red rage just blurs her entirely. And she goes in and dumps acid on his fucking junk while he's trying to have sex with this woman. And he ends up killing her by cutting her arms off just like her church yeah it was nuts like sulfuric acid on the genitals oh yeah he fucking sliced her up but it's so awful because this kid was locked in a trailer and then just sees both of his parents like wheeled out dead and this was after like his so much fucked up shit so like you see him in the beginning at an asylum and then it just cuts back to what led up to him being such a fucked up adult is just all of this drama like his dad he cried about the elephant dying so to make him a man his father his name is phoenix his father carved a phoenix tattoo into his chest while he was tied down in a chair which is why i think there's like a couple reasons why i think he's a bird but yeah, like that's no, I agree. One of them. And like, there's, he saw his mother be hypnotized by his father and then like forced to have sex with him right before he saw the elephant die. Like, there's just like all of this like fucked up shit. And then that happened all at once. Yeah. They're both dead. And yeah. Like, and nobody knows he's in this trailer. So he's just left there for hours seeing his father's dead body laying there, knowing that his mom went in there and never came back out. And then he seals her body wheeled out. Yep. Poor fucking kid. No wonder he ends up in asylum. And the only person that knows he was in that trailer is the little girl, the deaf mute girl. And she's taken away by the tattooed woman because she's got to bail out of there because she fucking caused some shit. So she ends up on the run. And then we go back to the boy as an adult and his mother is alive. Holy shit. His mother's alive. His mother's alive and kind of like gets him breaks him out of the mental institution and then we end up moving along with the story where a few years later his he and his mother have become 
the stars of this burlesque show, which good for them. They're moving on or they're trying to, we think. And the deaf mute girl is older and she's still with a tattooed woman who has become a hooker. And like, whatever, if she wants to do that. But she brings men back to the place and she even tells one of them, the little girl is, well, she's not a little girl anymore. She's a teenager. She's sleeping in the other room and she tells one of the guys, she's like, oh yeah, go in there. She's sleeping. And he like goes in there to have sex with her. She just wakes up and some dudes in there trying to F her. Yeah. She's like, she's a deaf mute, so she can't really scream or anything. Yeah. Holy yeah. shit. He's pimping her out. Yeah. Yeah. So she bails in the middle of the night and then the tattooed woman, you know, gets her Johns to leave and somebody, we don't know who, comes in and brutally murders her because yeah. she deserves it because she's a terrible person. Yeah. Then we go back to the mother and son and you get to see more of their lives and how creepy it, it is. It's, uh, yeah. So she doesn't have any arms. So he is her arms. He yeah. gets very effeminate with them. He's got her nails on. He does all of her stuff. He sits behind her and does her makeup. He plays the piano. He feeds her breakfast, not even across the table behind her where he's not even himself anymore. He is her arms, period. We end up killing more people because we kill a woman that's on a board and we throw knives at her, stuff like that. The, this mm -hmm. kid is doing that. You can definitely tell he is still fucked up. He is not yeah. good. I'm going to race ahead and basically because a lot of stuff happens in between, he is bringing women to his house and he is killing them and come to find out it's because his mom's not actually alive he is it's basically psycho he is basically becoming her yes. and killing these people yep and he's killed a lot of women and he doesn't realize like his hands he tries to fight it because he doesn't want to do these things but his mother that we knew is like the loving mother as when he was a child is now it's he's killing women that are a threat to her. Like he sees like a woman as the tattooed woman or someone taking her son away or things like that. Those things that brought up those negative emotions that she had to do away with yeah. are the ones that he's killing, but he's the one doing the killing. Obviously she doesn't exist, but in his head, he's the one making her do all these things, but she's not actually alive. He's just having this break from reality because of all this disassociated issues with the trauma you know yeah which you know for a while because he'll do things and he'll be like oh it was just a hallucination wait 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 and then he's just a hallucination yeah he made up all these imaginary friends that were actually his friends from the circus when he was a child but that don't actually exist exactly in the present day yeah the director that did this film i would like to talk about his family for a little bit actually if we're if I still want to talk about the movie, but he is more fascinating to me, honestly, than the film. First of all, this was a crazy fucking movie. Uh -huh. Crazy. Yeah, dude. His family is fascinating to me. So he's actually not even a director. He is... I'll actually read the list. He has such a long list. If anybody ever wants to look him up, it's Alejandro J-O-D-O-R-O-W-S-K-Y. And his, his career list is insane. This is what it is. 
he's basically a renaissance man. So he is a novelist, a screenwriter, a poet, a playwright, an essayist, a film and theater director, producer, actor, film editor, comic writer, musician and composer, philosopher, puppeteer, mime, psychologist, and psychoanalyst, draftsman, painter, sculptor, spiritual guru, and circus clown. He's not actually a director. He just, when he wants to do something creative, he puts everything into it. And he wanted to do this film, and it actually made it as one of our 100 movies. That's insane. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say, but before I forget, real quick, while we're just talking about, like, the movie being the best of, there were things going on in 89. Pet Cemetery, Puppet Master, or two of the big ones that come up, couldn't even, they weren't within, like, 30 points of this mark maybe 20 30 points of this margin by the way yeah i mean pet cemetery eh. exactly like there are things you know of that came out around this but just as far as i mean this is rotten tomato so like take it with a grain of salt that's what we're using it on but the the consensus is this is better than those just as far as artistry goes and it is it is so first of all the director this the kids who play Phoenix, so the younger and the older Phoenix, those are actually the director's sons. So that's cool. He he really, I actually watched an interview with him about this movie because I was so interested. And he said that's the big thing that he takes away from it is because he got to spend so much time with his sons. That's all he wanted to do. That's cool. And the actor that played, I, at least I know the older one, he went on to do a lot of shit too. Yeah, I didn't get that far on him but but his family is interesting even his sons i did see that their list of accomplishments or their careers are insane they're they're just hey i decide i want to do this one day and i do it and that's the coolest creative thing i've ever heard yeah i agree but this movie is literally crazy back away from the director a little bit i didn't really get to there's a point where he goes out to the movies with a bunch of kids i'm assuming they have down syndrome and there's this guy that pulls him off to the side and he's, they're like trying to get movie tickets. He pulls him off to the side and gives them fucking Coke. And I'm like, did we just watch him give down kids Coke? We did, yes. Yeah. So he gets these kids high and then he takes them to a hooker. Yeah. And then they go back to the asylum the next day and the doctor's just like, did y'all have a good night? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> fuck? Yeah. There are things in this movie you won't see anywhere else. Yeah, dude. And then, like, even at the end, it's it's a beautiful, beautiful fucking ending, too. Yes, it is. It really is. It's gorgeous. Like, he's just liberated because he figures out she's all in his head. And he's also reunited with Alma, the deaf mute. They mm-hmm. find each other again. He figures out that his mother's in his head after he's trying to kill Alma. And she's like, it's okay, basically. You can do it, but he, it's all in your head in her own way of telling him and he figures out that his hands and his arms are his own makes his mother go away and at the end he's just liberated yeah but the cops do come get him because you know he did kill a bunch of people he killed a bunch of women yeah but (laughs) he doesn't even really care because they basically tell him to put his hands in the air and he just is like my hands my hands they're my hands and exactly and it's just a beautiful ending like it is we literally cannot scratch the surface of this film yeah it's well i mean i guess we scratched the surface but like (laughs) it is so interesting like there's i mean you should just really at first i was like i don't know man it's fucking weird and it is but it really like it was one of those where it's like you you can't it's like oh i can just put this on and like kind of watch and it's kind of no 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 
Yeah. You're going to want to keep watching it. Like, I mean, it's weird, but I'm happier having seen it in my life, if that makes sense now. Me too. I would probably watch it again. Like, there are some where I probably, like, that was weird and I'm glad I watched it, but I won't watch it again. I would probably watch this again. I don't know what the occasion would be, (laughs) but I would be open to the experience of watching it again. Yeah, agreed. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, I agree with you. We barely scratched the surface. Maybe maybe we need to do a full episode someday because, wow. No, yeah, I agree. I was thinking that, too. I was like, when the fuck? How the fuck <laughs> talk about this? But yeah. in an episode that needs to be, like, an hour or less just to get, like, five movies in, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and the... I don't even know if I... No, I don't think I pulled this one up. And so the consensus for this one too just to bring it up like I said it went up against some things in 89 that were that were like they're revered in the horror world but you know mm-hmm. 85% critic 87% audience which surprises me about the audience being higher than the critic because yeah. you should to keep this shit up but it's also the average it's got 7,500 audience and a 41 critic consensus so super interesting film and also, this is really weird, but Phoenix as an adult is like the weird dude I would definitely go for. So, Oh, yeah. No, I agree. He was definitely cute. He always talks about how people don't like his nose because it. you could, I mean, you're going along with the bird thing. It does look kind of pointed, like you could make fun of him as a bird and a beak and all that, but I think I'm he's a, cute. I'm an Adam Driver stan. So oh, yeah. I guess you like the weird noses. I am obsessed. So, like, you know... <laughs> We love it. So, you know, <laughs> I definitely, I, God, it's just hard. Like, it's a four or a five. Like, I don't really know. Like, it's a five seems a little difficult to give because yeah. I still haven't finished processing the movie, to be honest with you. So I still don't really know how to rate it because I'm, I just watched it last night and I woke up this morning and I was like, hmm. Yeah, I agree. So, I think artistically, I don't, I don't think I graded a five, but definitely artistic and everything. Probably four. Really good yeah, movie. I agree. So, we hope you enjoyed this one. I know there were, there were some things like The Vanishing and Santa Sangre. You should definitely mm-hmm. check those out. Those would be my big recommendations off these two. The other ones you've heard of, you've probably seen. So if you haven't seen those two, you definitely should add them to your repertoire of horror knowledge and horror films that you've seen because they're not going to be your typical, especially 80s horror so different, both foreign. And we're definitely getting more into horror films, especially from our patrons shout out to our patrons but they've been adding some horror films to our collection of film knowledge but these two really did that super and i'm really grateful so that those were on the list so we hope you enjoyed this little trip down the 80s headed into the 90s 90s horror always fucking sketches me out and i don't know so we'll see what the 90s has in store for us but i'm sure you know where to find us by now the only thing i'm gonna plug is because i just talked about it we do have some foreign horror over on our patreon that our patrons have big represent there patreon.com slash the extra sisters podcast if you want to join our little family over there everything else is just the extra sisters podcast until next time stay creepy